think about the fact that Wednesday's full moon is sitting close, as we've been talking about, to the Time Lord, Saturn and Pisces. So instead of it being melancholic vibes, we're going to ditch um, um, the rose-colored glasses. We're going to be able to have enough of Saturn's um, gifts and intuition and, and pragmatic ability to say, because Saturn rules Capricorn, Pluto's in Capricorn, and it's happy with Jupiter and Taurus, and it's happy with Uranus and Taurus. So it's giving it's giving the shaman element is here because the shamans and the Heoka, you know, the trickster clowns out west and the different kachinas, the different Taos and New Mexico kachinas that are out there and the and the starry ancestors, they're very strong during this particular full moon. So we're we're really time travelers right now. And what we have with this Piscean moon is the ability to jump timelines. Welcome to the Enlighten Up Podcast, where I am going to take you into a deep exploration of what it means to exist in this current reality. We are going to raise your vibes, open your mind, expand your heart, and dive deep into the wondrous mysteries and possibilities of this lifetime. There's been a spiritual catalyst that has set in motion the awakening process of many across the globe to return to the knowingness of self and unite what has been separated. Together, we're going to bring light into that darkness. We're going to remember the joy of living. But most of all, we're going to turn up the volume of our own eternal power and do the thing we're here to do. I hope all of you are ready for this very rare blue supermoon in Pisces. Our full moon is coming up very shortly. In fact, you're going to experience it tomorrow when this airs. And who other than what I just recently found out, my favorite Halloween baby is also a Mercury retrograde baby like me, Mary. How are you? Welcome back. (laughs) Blue moon, blue moon. (laughs) Thank you, Nicole. Hello, audience. Blessings to the audience. Pause, take a deep breath, and call upon the divine blessings for this rarefied blue supermoon in Pisces for you and all that you love at seven degrees of Pisces. So it's a wonderful, mystically favored number, seven. It's going to be revelatory. We're going to get a lot of answers to some long standing issues or scenarios and to Nicole's point she's going to tell you something else about mercury retrograde which is retrograde while we have our blue supermoon at seven pisces yes yes so what's so funny is that um this podcast recording almost didn't happen right now <laughs> because <laughs> we had a little mercury retrograde snafu uh where mary thought we were recording uh tomorrow and but this is what happens when two Look, a little Taurus and a little Scorpio who were born with their Mercury in retrograde at the time of birth. When you have your Mercury in retrograde, 
Okay. So all of you, if you know your chart, you can go to any place, cafe astrology, just go punch it in, look at your natal sign and find out if your mercury is in retrograde. Um, it's a little more rare. Uh, but if you did, you tend to do much better during a mercury retrograde and you bring in a lot of stability for others. And this is why Mary and I were be able to, we were able to just kind of navigate this little mini kerfuffle snafu and, uh, we, we made it work. We made it on time on the yep. scheduled date and to her point. So what Nicole's talking about is in the nativity in your birth chart, someone that was born with this configuration at their birth chart, they were born with Mercury and retrograde. So what she's talking about isn't just what sign it's in. If you're born with Mercury and retrograde, yes, it's a little stronger if it would be in one of Mercury's signs of Gemini or Virgo. Nicole and I know that. But if you're just born with Mercury and retrograde, then we grew up with that. Nicole and I and anyone out there, when you look at the little Mercury symbol, learn the Mercury symbol, and then if there's a big capital R with kind of like a little X on the end of the R, that's the retrograde symbol. And what happens is that because you're born with the retrograde your whole life for this earthwalk incarnation, we tend to be not only the calm in the storm of others orbiting around us that might have that traffic problem or that cancellation or missing an appointment or having to reschedule appointment, we're the ones that could be the ones that got you there on time, help you navigate through it, like Nicole was saying. So the Mercury retrograde, retrograde to me is um, people that especially that are born with it in their chart. It has a lot to do with pause, breathe. What have you learned from your past? Whatever the situation is that might be challenging you or tempting you, how has the past mistakes, like people born with Mercury retrograde kind of have that encoded in their psyche and their psychological nature that they look at now, have I done this before? Have I been triggered by this before when different transits come along? How might I think about how I strategized getting through this little snafu before and how, because I have, and, and also people born with Mercury retrograde tend to have to work throughout their life, not to either be always too early or in my case, always late. There's just things. <laughs> that get in the way of that. You know, like I could literally have been on the school bus in Tennessee when I was a little kid and there were seven buses and my bus would be the one that would have the reason it's delayed because of the snow or this or that. All the other buses would make it on time. And I think, you know, later on in my adult, I'm, oh, it's always my bus because I'd always hear, how come this school bus is always the one that runs an hour late? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, that's, so, no. that's so funny. Cause yeah, I, I tend to always be early. Yeah. Taurus yeah. is. And Taurus uh, tends to run early. Scorpio tends to run late. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? You know what? I I also want to say for everyone out there, if you know that you're um, a Mercury retrograde natally, uh, and or if you do find out when you look at your chart later, um, and and Mary, you let me know if this is true for you. But um, through like soul evolution, when it comes to astrology, it is said that when you come into this lifetime, what you've done in past lifetimes is you've had a tendency to just accumulate random information. And in this lifetime, you're meant to just focus on what it is you need. And so if you do have Mercury retrograde in your chart, 
um, what likely could have happened while you were in school, especially when you were studying is that you tended to really tune out when there was something you really didn't feel like was necessary for you to learn, or you had no interest in it. But when there was something that you were interested in, you were all focused and zeroed in like tunnel vision. And that's totally how I am. Even to this day, it's like, I literally, as soon as someone starts telling me information that I can intuitively already know, I don't think I need any of this. (laughs) I just tune it all out. It's like, I don't need to accumulate more information. I only need the information that is necessary for my mission. Do you feel that Mary? Yeah. And I, yeah. And for me, it was in, when I was in mid high school, it was like, I mean, I always got really good grades. Let's just call it regular math, you know, like, and of course I did excellent in geometry because I was doing astrology since I was 14. And I had a little Pisces classmate that called herself a good witch she was the only other person in Cocoa Beach, Florida that knew all about astrology. So we would like talk about stars and moons and things. But when it came to algebra, I mean, I absolutely, I mean, I tried not just zoned out like you're talking about. I would stare at the board because it was so shocking to me that there was math that I couldn't get. And I finally, I mean, I never got in trouble for not paying attention. It was just as if there was a barrier yes. in the way. So I finally, because my dad was an engineer at NASA he wanted me to take algebra and calculus. I went up to the teacher and I said, I just, I just don't get it. And so, you know, cause algebra, it's all about the formula. So longer story shorter, I started psychically getting that. Like I did my own way and I would come up with the answers and he would say, go to the board. Cause in algebra it was then, I don't know how it is now. It was all about formula. So I would like to do my own little formula and I would come up with the answer and he goes, okay, I don't know how you got that. That's not how that answer could be arrived at, but I know you're not cheating cause you just went to the board and did your own kind of made up formula here. I've never seen that before, but you came up with the right answer. And I said, could I just be Mr. Uh, Mr. Osborne, could I just be really blunt and not rude? And he said, yes. And I said, I'm blocking this, I think, because I'm never going to go to a grocery store and say, or a gas station and say, hey, X, Y, square equals how much gas? I said, I I, I need to fill up the car. I can calculate how much it is per gallon. I'm going to end up saying, okay, I got 50 bucks. I can fill up the car. And then go get some groceries too. I said, my the logic of it. I, here's where my mind goes. I'm not doing this. I said, I'm not being reviewed. I'm not going to do this because I'm never going to use it. Yes. And I just need to know how much things yes. cost. Yes. You know. Okay. So so funny. I actually was very good at algebra, but calculus. I was horrendous at, I could barely pass the course. I don't even, I, mm. and I honestly think my teacher felt sore. I think I got a pass just because my teacher felt bad for me. Cause I was an A student everywhere else. And it was yeah. also physics. So the calculus part really screwed me up. I'm looking at it like it's Chinese. I'm like, okay, hold on algebra. I totally get, I can do it. But when I'm looking at this calculus and I'm thinking to myself, where down the road of my life, am I going to need to utilize this? And I'm like, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see why I need to use this. It makes no sense. And so therefore we're not going to learn it. (laughs) But I think it goes back to your point about those of us that can, and right now, now folks, you're going to see other retrogrades potentially in your chart. It's a whole different message for born with a Venus retrograde or a Mars retrograde. Okay. So we're just talking about Mercury for this podcast. We're just talking about Mercury. And it's good that we're talking about Mercury because on August 23rd, Mercury did go retrograde in one of its home signs Mm -hmm. of Virgo. And it's not going to go direct to like, I don't know, I think it's September 15th or something, somewhere around in there. So it's good for us to talk about the, the mystical theme, the esoteric astrology theme of there's so much information now that comes in through social media and 
they talk about fake news and they talk about psyops and they talk about things that have been hidden about NASA and the space program and this is fake news and that's fake news. We hear it all the time. And what where we used to get really excited in the 90s and go to the internet and be able to look it up and, oh my gosh, this is such a wonderful library of knowledge. Now there's people trying to hide this, alter this, AI is in on it. And, you know, they call AI artificial intelligence for a reason. I'm just going to pause there. They call, it's called hiding in plain sight. Um, one of the best memes I saw the other day, uh, Nicole, was you better find yourself a conspiracy theorist because you're going to need it in a couple of days to tell you what's really going on, to explain to you what's really going on. So I wanted to the Pisces, since Pisces is ruled by Neptune, besides our Mercury retrograde theme, cause it's happening till mid-September in Virgo, I wanted to also point out to the audience that with all of this divisive, um, oh, the lockdowns are coming and this is coming, they're going to do this or that, and you know, Bill Gates wants to do this, with all of that orbiting out there, I wanted to reverse the letters. You heard it here first, folks, with Nicole and I. Instead of AI, which is a buzzword right now, artificial intelligence, I want us to go to IA, our intuitive antenna. Ooh. I so like I it. want us to kind of censor. You know, Nicole and I are two life coach, mystical teachers. We're not saying that we're better than you or better than anybody else. However, Nicole and I have discussed this. We know why we're here. This isn't just a model, a business model of us just wanting to score a bunch of appointments and make a bunch of money and not have to go do a TikTok job. Is that a piece of it? Of course it is, because if you love what you do for work, then you will be prospered and you'll be happy whether you're busy, busy or not busy because you're doing what you love. There was even a book written, do what you love, the money will follow. But ooh, Nicole and I know. When, so Sorry, I don't mean to, I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just pin that for one second, just because you're speaking of this, I literally just saw a post today from my friend, Matt Gottesman, who I've had on the podcast here twice before. And he said, you know, uh, the society, the world will tell you that if you achieve X, you will get happiness. But the reality is, is that once you choose happiness, then X will will find you. And that's right. X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, A, B, C will start to come in order. Yep. He's right. Matt's right. Matt mm-hmm. is very, thank you for sharing Matt with us. Thank you, Matt, for your wisdom. Um, I, and, it, and that's the other piece of it. When we move instead of, well, I need this and I want this. When we move into the first approach we do is the thankfulness for what we do have. Even if something's lacking, and I'm talking to you materialistically, right? Even if you don't have all of your rent payment or your car payment, or you used to be doing just fine. And then after 2020 into 2023, the inflation has gone up and you're like, oh my Lord, I guess my main source of meat will be eggs. And finally they're coming down. I've had clients say this to me and they weren't used to this. So it's new for them to have a financial crunch, you know, and and a lot of them are paying more in rent that don't own their own houses. And then they're waiting for the interest. I mean, there's just such a like, hey, out there. So if we use our intuitive antenna, And as Nicole just stated with Matt's wisdom, it's similar. If we focus on, if we focus on the happiness and we focus on, okay, I'm going to start this morning as I'm coming down the stairs, as I'm starting my tea or my coffee or eating my yogurt or my fruit, I'm going, I don't know what today's going to bring. It could be absolutely incredible. It could be a game changer and it could be the scariest day of my life if it was a car accident or whatever, cancel, cancel. But what I'm going to say is, I not only, this is what my guides taught me recently, 
I'm not only going to give thanks for the opportunity of the blank canvas of this day of September 1st, 2023, whatever, whatever day it is, but I'm also going to now give thanks for all of the horrible things that could have happened to me that did not befall me. So I'm going to give thanks for all the things that I don't know that I didn't see that could have happened to me. There's victimization and horrific things. <clears throat> we know it. Child trafficking and this and that and and malpractice going on with medical and this. We know there's a lot of stuff that goes on in, in romantic betrayals or financial betrayals or, you know, shock. Shock and awe isn't always the way the Bible talks about. There'll be signs and omens, and you'll be in shock and awe for how the divine will reveal to you. I would prefer that instead of just going so headstrong into the day, well, I have to direct this, and I have to be in control of that. If we can just use our IA, our inspirational attitude, our intuitive antennas, if we can find your words that work with you with the IA so we can start reversing the invasion of AI. So be a little dyslexic, take those letters around. So what can my inspirational appreciation be? What can my intuitive antenna, I'm going to host, hoist that up there highly. And I'm going to allow that to be the director for me. I don't have to figure it all out. I don't have to know everything in advance. I just need to move from the subconscious and the conscious into the soul skill level of, I want to be here as a win-win of love. If, I'm, if I want change and I feel that I need change, I need to first exhibit the change that I wish to see. If I want a kinder world, if I want a more prosperous world, then as I am able to set boundaries when needed, when people are too pushy or people are trying to, to override me with, well, if you, were, if you were a right person, you'd believe like I do. No, no, check yourself and pump your brakes. Here's the way that's gonna be. It's a win-win if I'm okay with what you want to believe and you don't invade me and I'm okay. If I'm, oh, I can tell you, I'm going to go with my divine beliefs the way I want to, but I'm not pushing them on anybody. So as long as we're not doing push, shove, push, pull, then we're good with it. So I'm giving you the same rights as I'm going to take for myself. And trust me, if you override my boundaries, you'll be in the corner. Trust me. You'll, you'll walk away real fast. So as we are love ourselves enough to Set appropriate boundaries instead of just like, oh, I don't want them not to like me, or I hope he's really attracted to me. So and I don't really want to speak up and say that yet because I, I want to find out if this relationship is meant to be. Yeah, screw that. This is about finding your voice, expressing what you feel, and allowing the other person to respond and allowing the other person to express their feelings. And then you and I are at a win-win because... We're both deeply listening to each other, which is another feature of Mercury retrograde. Do the deeper listening instead of always wanting to rush ahead with the next thing you're going to say. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I love that. I love that you're bringing up this whole idea of boundaries, because to me, that it that speaks to this Saturn conjunction on the full moon in Pisces, you know, like yeah. being able to express yourself, but also within boundaries. And what are, what is it that you need here? Like what, what kind of parameters are you working within in your relationships or, you know, just in whatever way that you're trying to manifest, maybe some of your dreams, but the Saturn, you know, Mary and I were talking earlier. We both think this full moon, we like it. We like it a lot. On One top of my favorites. 
Yeah. Never yeah, mind wonderful. that it's a rare blue super moon, you know, like on top of the fact that it's a full moon in Pisces, which is the last zodiac of the, the, the last sign of the zodiac. So we've really, we're looking at something really culminating or coming to an end here, but you know, Pisces is, is the dreamer. Pisces is all about your, your wishes and, and, um, really transcending into those higher realms of consciousness and pulling forth things, but having the grounded helpfulness of Saturn to make it all happen. And Saturn is retrograde, which I think a lot of people don't realize as we're talking about the Mercury retrograde, that is actually a really nice thing when Saturn's in retrograde. Yes, absolutely. Well, and Neptune, Poseidon in Greek and Roman mythology Neptune, Poseidon, Lord of the Seas, the whole Mare Kingdom, M-E-R, the mermaid, the mermen, the, the narwhals, the, all, the, all the great sailor stories of the ocean and the pirates and everything to do with, you know, high treason and the Navy and any kind of aquatic creatures or aquatic anomalies or anything to do with storm surges. Now, when I lived in Florida, I, they, the newspaper then, yeah, there were newspapers. The newspapers in the 90s, the late 80s and 90s, will contact me. And Florida is a Pisces state. So there certainly could be a lot of news coming out of Florida or California. California is a Virgo. That's the opposite, six signs away from Pisces. Pisces incorporation date is the state. Florida's incorporation date is the state. It's March 3rd. So California in Florida could easily come forefront with some news, interesting news stories. I mean, if, if some places had a drought, a uh, full moon, super moon, which super moon means it's in closer proximity to Earth. It's in perigee or closer to the to the Earth citizens. So we could get interesting anomalies with either high winds with dust storms, and we can also get water, wind-driven water. And a lot of times when you've lived in Florida for a while, you've lived in the tropics anywhere, you realize that sometimes those tropical storm surges it's what they call it. Like people that haven't lived in places like Florida or right on the beach, they don't know that it's not just the hurricane. Where's the hurricane going? Where's the, now track the hurricane. It's not just the hurricane that can be dangerous. It's the outlying storm yes. where the hurricane is headed. The eye of the hurricane, remember the eye, just like our I am center, the EYE of the hurricane is where the hurricane storm chasers go because it's calm. And they can get their instruments to work. It's that whirling whirlwind of, of erratic, anomalous, wind-driven water that can cause the fishes to go off course and the whole magnetic thing. And, and it's the storm surges that can take down the palm trees and knock the power off and all that. Similar to people who live in snow and ice, they are get used to the, to the ice or the, or the snowpack and all that. And the wind of that can knock off their power. But when you're in the tropics, people think it's so nice to live on. I lived right on the beach. And let me tell you, when... When they talked about back in 93, the storm of the century, there was a whole lot of my neighbors on the beach going, oh, we're not going to get hit with the storm of the century. I said, don't laugh. That thing's coming to Florida. Oh, we don't have to worry about it. It's not hurricane season. Okay, it hit us. It was mid-March in the season of Pisces. That 1993 storm of the century hit everybody. Uh, it knocked off power of my friends in, in North Carolina for two whole weeks. And when it hit Florida, then the weather channel was really accurate. And they said, okay, it's, we, all of us in Florida were kind of watching like, holy moly. And they said it would hit Treasure Island at three o'clock in the morning. I was on uh, the phone with a friend of mine who was an hour and a half and away, away down in Tarpon Springs, Newport Ritchie. 
it, I literally looked out the third floor condo window and palm trees were uprooted. The power lines went down. I saw the sparks. I mean, we had like um, uh, with those little things on the, the water spouts that came off oh. the beach, off the beach and became tornadoes oh, on land. So oh, when my. we walked out the next day after that storm of the century in tropical Florida, it looked like a bomb went off. I mean, National Geographic came and we're taking pictures because they really had no idea I think it started in Canada, didn't it? Wherever that storm of the century started, it was bad A. And I mean, it was, I think it was up north. And everybody, again, everybody was laughing. And just as a mystic, you know, and a, and a, and a weather watcher, you know, in, born in the mountains, I would say to people, I don't think it's funny at all. I don't think it's spiritual at all for you to sit here in Florida and make fun of people that are going to get snowed in up north. And when I would be in the snow belts, I would say, stop, stop making fun of people in Florida that a hurricane's coming and that you don't get those, you know, energy is contagious and energy has layers and it builds upon itself. So we need to stop doing a na 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 to anybody else. And we need to realize whether we're winged ones or finned ones or two leggeds or four leggeds, we reside on our earth mother. So we need to start getting that daily practice of, I bless my town. I bless my region. I bless my country. And if you hear of another country in a plight pattern or something that's really gone wrong, you know, no matter whether there's sinister government agents and agents involved or not, I still pray for Maui. I pray for Hawaii. I'm praying for California with these Hillary's and Harold's. And now there's supposed to be a new in Franklin building. But back to the point of them telling, they would call me and say, we want you to predict <laughs> the hurricanes for this season. I'm like, why? And they said, well, because you're a psychic and you go on television all the time. And I'm like, wouldn't you kind of want to leave that to a weather guy that studies all that kind of stuff? And they said, well, that's just it. You don't really study weather like a meteorologist. We want to know by the stars. And I said, oh, okay. So I can tell you that whether it's El Nino, La Nina or El Nino, when you've got a harvest moon coming up next in Aries, and you've got a blue moon, super moon, which means the moon's gravitational tug, on like crabs and lobsters and jellyfish and the tides of the Neptunian world. And Saturn is retrograde. When Saturn's retrograde, like Nicole was talking about, that hard edge of Saturn is backed off. But when you look at Neptune, which is also in Pisces right now, Neptune is in Pisces. Mercury is opposite these Piscean planets. It's retrograde. Mercury has a lot to do with messages and the wind and the directions of things. So we've got Neptune retrograde in Pisces, Pluto's retrograde in Capricorn as September begins, Uranus is retrograde in Taurus, Saturn is retrograde in Pisces, and we've got Jupiter going retrograde around the third, Venus will go direct, the same day Venus goes direct yeah. in Leo, so soon to be in Virgo, folks, soon Venus is going to head in, in, into Virgo, so she's going to do that in uh, early October, like around the 10th, 9th, 10th of October. So right now we have a lot of retrograde planets and they're saying the normal way that things tend to go with your flight schedule, with your traffic schedule, with your taking the kids to school, going to work, it's retrograde, which means the timing is off. Doesn't mean it's bad, but the timing is off. So I'm going to go back again and put a bow on this by saying, let's use our IA are God gifted, people here given when I say that, our God gifted intuitive prowess that we come in with as spirit. We slip on skin to walk this earth for, for a while. We 
come from spirit. We are spirit. We slip on our earth residence attire and we will leave out as spirit. So your intuitive antenna, you arrived with intuitive skill sets. You have intuitive acumen. We just need to flip that switch on with these five, six celestial uh, transits in retrograde, especially if you look in your charts at the Virgo Pisces area of your chart. The solar energies, the sun just left Leo recently. It's moved into Virgo. We've got Mercury there. And here's that first full moon to kind of be 180 degrees. We're opposite. And so the Pisces energy, which is mystical and our super conscious and how we plug into God and the almighty I am and whatever your spiritual dynamics are. The other thing that Nicole mentioned to you that I'm going to elaborate on a little bit. This is the last zodiac sign. Starts with Aries, ends with Pisces in the Western Zodiac. That's the order that they go from Aries being number one, Pisces being the 12th sign. So it's embryonic. The, the last month before all of us were born on Earth, that's the 12th house in your natal chart. So every year, one month before your Earth's birthday, so if, well, I'm just going to pick an arbitrary date. If someone's born May 5th and they're a Taurus, they're a solar Taurus, from April 5th, to May 5th, this is their solar chart. So if you don't know your natal chart, this is how this will work for you. So if the person's birthday was May 5th, forget the year, if the person's birthday was May 5th mm-hmm. from April 5th to May 5th every year, if they were just whatever, if they were born on May 5th, it doesn't matter whether they were a seventh month baby, a preemie, a full nine month baby, that was the last month, April 5th to May 5th, that they were in the womb, that they were inside the biological birth mom. Okay, so that month, psychologically and mystically, when we come around to that every year, whether you're 28 or 50 or 17 or 68, every year, April 5th up until our May 5th example birth date is when you are embryonic. That is your solar 12th house, because when you were born, that's your solar sign. So they were born a Taurus on May 5th. So that month before, May 5th is when they're once again, psychologically, spiritually, mystically going through a resurrection. And what happens before a birth? A labor. Some women can just pop a kid out, and not have a problem. But that last month, there were the baby was getting crowded. The mother, I haven't ever met a female that didn't say, oh, my God, I can't wait to have this baby. I'm excited. I'm going to love it. La, la, la. But, oh, my God, I'm so tired of being pregnant. That didn't mean they didn't care for the baby. Some women mm-hmm. don't. Some creatures in nature don't. They just want to get it over with. But understandably, the last month when everything's crowded was stressful for both the incoming infant as well as the biological mother. So when you know your natal chart, here comes your most powerful cycle of this. Let's say that you're a 10 degree cancer rising sign. So your chart opens with the rising sign or the ascendant sign being 10 degrees of cancer. So every year, When you go to the sign before cancer, which is Gemini, every year when the sun mainly, because that's our constant in astrology, all the other planets are doing different rates of orbits and speeds and signs. So when the sun hits 10 degrees of Gemini, because your ascendant is 10 degrees of cancer, it's about a month. It runs about 30 days. So when the sun hits 10 degrees of Gemini, that's that month before the sun gets to 10 degrees of the sign of cancer, the crab, you are in what I call the mystical embryo and you are stronger psychically you are 
dreaming more. You are able to take problems or concerns or frustrations into your dream lodge, as the First Nations people call it. Great Spirit, Holy Spirit, you know, Almighty I am. I take this into my dreams tonight. Thank you, beloved guides and sacred guardian angels. Thank you for allowing me to go into my sleep state here on earth and allow myself to be imprinted in harmony, in light, and with love and safety all around for the for the heavenlies as well as earth, from heaven to earth, as above, so below. Let me wake up with the best resolution solution. If you work with that when you're in your natal, that's earth, natal 12th house. So this full moon in Pisces, let's say we didn't know anything about our charts. We just know the zodiac starts with Aries. That's number one. And it's gone through the whole zodiac when something happens in Pisces. Do you realize then that the moon is starting all over with her full moon cycles for us, even though it's going to be the full moon that occurs in Aries. So once we have that full moon in Aries, which this year in 2023 will be the harvest moon. It's the harvest moon in Aries this year. Sometimes the harvest moon is in Pisces, but not this year. Other times it's in Pisces. So when we come together next month at the full moon, that's the moon starting over in her sign of, of Aries. So she's going to start the zodiac over again. When we get to the next full moon, it will be in Aries, and the Western zodiac starts with Aries. So by that cycle, this is what we need to look at both psychologically, spiritually, mystically. It's good for us to do rituals and ceremonies and prayer circles of what we're ready to let go of and put on the altar of the Christ to say, I'm no longer going to be triggered by this. I'm going to do some, some therapy with myself. I'm going to, if I get angry, if I get scared, I'm going to promise myself that I'll walk away for a minute and say, let, let my therapist voice talk to me and say, okay, Mary, why'd you get triggered? What triggered you? What's, what's this relating back to? What's your reference point? It will immediately get you out of the frustration or the anger or the fear or, or the feeling like you're in, caught in limbo if you'll simply ask yourself what's triggering you. Yeah. Can I what's say something me? here, Mary, um, just to kind of piggyback off of what you're saying, because I love this. I don't think a lot of the audience may be aware of the re- like, the reason why Mary's going into this because we're talking about the Pisces full moon, but also this idea of the 12th house of your chart, which yes, Pisces yes. typically is the general ruler. Um, what I've noticed too is the, and it was funny because you said May 5th, which was one day off of my birthday. And then you said cancer 10 degrees, which is one degree off my ascendant, which is nine. That was so funny, but I found that, and you guys can kind of look and pay attention to your chart. This one's so good to know your chart, but every year without fail, when it hits like late May, but mostly June, and for most of the month of June, even when the sun hit comes into cancer, which is kind of good for me because I'm, but I'm at nine degrees cancer. So I'm still kind of in the 12th house, um, the chart, uh, but I, it is a great time for you to plan your vacation. Everyone, this is when you should go on vacation to far away lands, Absolutely. to beaches, to things like this, to rest, to retreat. But one of the reasons why I find that my work I is my, my slowest month every year is always June, always without fail. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if I, if I were to offer promos or whatever, it doesn't matter. It's always the slowest month. And I know it's because 
I meant to rest, retreat, take care of myself, go inward. You're and embryonic. do all the mystical things that your you're talking about. House, yeah, your 12th house is womb. The 12th house yeah. is the womb. And then maybe a week or three days before your actual rising sign of nine degrees or your birth date of May 4th, about three days. Sometimes women are in labor for 72 hours or 48 hours or 24 hours, especially on the first born child, the first pregnancy. So there's a lot of times, if I say to people, when you're in your solar or natal 12th house cycle annually, annually, so every year we get this. So when you're in that, it's again, perfect time to take some time off, go take that long weekend if it's not in your budget to go away for 10 days or two weeks to the beach or the mountains or whatever, but, or, or take, you know, what do they call it? A vacay at home. You know, it's a great time to get caught up on projects because your home, your apartment, where you live is symbolic of the womb that your body goes in and out of your front door, your back door going in and out of your door. That's the earthly physical representation of where you live. So we were aquatic. We were liquid breathing, fluid breathing creatures until we came to earth and the umbilical cord was severed and we took on oxygen. So we went through a primal fight or flight when we were born, we were born totally totally vulnerable. Couldn't mm -hmm. feed ourselves. We had to learn how to, uh, we're in a whole new place with tall beings. You know, I'm not saying that we intuitively and soul-wise didn't recognize the voice of our mother or the smell or the presence of our father. But remember, everything for all those months that you were inside a biological unit, the sounds were muffled. There were no bright lights. It was all filtered. It was all softer. It was all everything was taken care of. And then there's D-Day and all this, or B-Day, I guess, birthday. And all of a sudden it's like, boom. And we had to, everything changed in our world. I think that's kind of, Nicole, why as humans, we tend to resist change. Because yes. our first primal experience was so intense. I know. So intense. Super traumatic. <laughs> and then that's not even counting the people that were born breached or had, yeah. you know, a, a uh, you know, uh, uh, the umbilical cord wrapped around and mm. or people that were born with, with physical anomalies and challenges they had to get over. But if you'll look at this full moon, the seven degrees Pisces full moon enhanced by the retrograde Mercury and its opposite sign of Virgo. So now think about timing. This is a very strong time with the moon being in her final sign before she starts her new cycle sign-wise and Aries, when we, when we get to that moon I was talking about, the full moon in six degrees of Aries on September 29th over the 28th and 29th of September. This is the moon that says, we're your angels, we're your guides. And we're going to, if you ask us, we'll tell you, are you getting a little too addicted to that? Are you leaning in too much to your anger? The Pisces moon is the waves of revelatory answers. And so as the tides come in, and the tides go out, we're going to, we could easily have some oceans of emotions rather than overthinking and overanalyzing, which is why I'm telling you to do the reset, to do a, a recalibration with yourself right now and say, yes, I will speak it with my voice. Holy Spirit, Almighty I am, if you're Buddhist, whatever it is, however you plug in to the supernatural benevolent mysteries and forces, you know, great spirit, great mystery, I now allow my intuitive antenna, I now allow 
my inspirational GPS. I now allow my divine compass to help clear me of any conscious or unconscious, deleterious or uninvited energies. I allow myself to receive a clean sweep of divine light, a clean sweep through all my chakras, into my blood, into my organs, into my bones. I allow all that is of the light, all that is of divine harmony and love and grace to balance me as we're going through this, these, these celestial waves of divine timing. That's really the, one of the benefits of, of learning your star map and your, and your astrological map. It's like your starry medicine wheel, and it lets you look at the things you want to try to change and create and manifest in 3D earthly time with a little bit of an advantage of divine timing. Obviously, if you're born a Taurus, then when things are really pronounced in the earth signs, you know, when Venus is in an earth sign, doesn't matter if it's Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn, for the most part, it's still favoring your element. Mm-hmm. And so right now, we're kind of weak in the air element. We don't have that much air dynamics going on. You know, we've got the, we've got the earth really strong, and we've got, you know, we've got the, these energies of the Pisces and the Virgo and the Pluto and Capricorn and the Taurus and all that stuff going on right now that's saying, invite the divine, invite the manifesting magic of, of, the, of the supernatural to come into your earthly, practical, material wishes and projects. Let, let the invisible harmonies, let the, you know, listen to music. That's something that works very well for the Taurus vibration, you know, and Mercury being retrograde, you know, go listen to sound healing or singing bowls or the harp or the guitar or whatever your favorite music list is in the time that you love music the most, whatever that is, just play that while you're making your salad or driving in your car, you know, find that serious XM channel or play your, you know, you know, make your own music list of what you want to download off of YouTube or whatever it is. And just allow the music to be your medicine. And don't worry about how your voice is. Sing. It doesn't bother you when you're in the shower. So just sing. You know, just sing or dance or boogie while you're vacuuming or cleaning your counters or whatever it is because you're bringing the tangible. You know, there's a reason why indigenous cultures dance and drum and chant and move their body because it has a lot to do with the body as my antenna, you know, my physical antenna being allowed to move and walk or jog or dance with with the powers of what inspires me. You know, how am I being inspired? Oh, there's my favorite song. You know, then dance to it. Just move around your house on your own carpet or tile with it. Because what that does is it helps to recalibrate and reset you away, you know, further away from things that could mentally and psychologically overstress you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, with this particular moon, I just want to say, um, because it's so rare, uh, with it being a blue moon, second full moon of the month, and it's a super moon, uh, we won't be having another, uh, blue super moon again until 2032. So, um, another 10 years, no, nine years. And I, there's something because of the Piscean energy, and Pisces ruling our dreams, our dream world, our fantasies, um, our, psychic our psychic abilities. It really feels like, and, and with it being conjunct, um, father time, you know, Saturn, um, Chronos, yeah. there's, 
I feel, and I'm going to read a, um, I pulled a card for everyone on this, on this um, super blue moon, uh, that it feels to me like something could finally be coming to a culmination of a dream that you've been working towards or hoping for or wanting to bring to manifestation, Saturn energy, grounding the energy through your dreams, um, that is going to perhaps take you by surprise with the beautiful element to Neptune of Uranus and something that's going to be quite transformative with Pluto, both sextiling um, uh, Neptune. Neptune is sextiling uh, Uranus and Pluto. So there's something here that I feel is a rare opportunity, a rare occurrence, possibly even a gift, so to speak. And I'm going to read a card here that I pulled um, before we started this recording. Um, and I actually have never, I've never pulled this card before. And of course, I'm just going to show the audience and you're going to love this, Mary. Um, I had to pull from my shaman's dream Oracle deck <laughs> since we're talking about the Pisces full moon, it had to be the shaman's dream Oracle deck. And the card that I chose is number 64, the Woodwives adaptability. Okay. And mm-hmm. of course we're in a, we're in this kind of mutable sign, right. Of Pisces. and Virgo, excuse me. (laughs) And so adaptability, strong roots and growth are the themes of this card. And the woodwives dance into your dreams as a reminder to be grounded no matter what life offers you. You need to know who you are, what you'll tolerate, what you've learned to date, and what boundaries to set so you feel good about yourself. Life is going to offer you something extraordinary now, and in order to learn and receive its blessings, you must remember that being grounded gives you more freedom, not less. You have everything you need. You have all it takes to do this right now. If you also keep reminding yourself to be flexible, you will be amazed by how well things play out for you. The woodwives are both wisdom keepers and students of the new world, as these forest spirits have an uncanny ability to adapt to changing circumstances and always find the perfect way to grow and expand. They represent what you already know how to do. Learn, be in beginner's mind, let go of your rigid notions of how things should be, and be present to what is right now, unencumbered by your projections. Is there a storm brewing because things need to change? No worries. Nothing can uproot you now, and it will pass, and you will dance with nature and move with it all. Perhaps you're being given an opportunity to take a chance on something new, and you're not sure how far you can go without losing your footing. Have no fear, for when you remember your roots, your integrity, your authentic self, you can stretch yourself beyond the invisible line you drew. Go for it. You will be so glad you did. Isn't that a great message for this full moon? Well, it's also tying into what you and I were already talking about. I know. I know. You can't make that new buzzword, that new buzzword that people use that FOMO fear of missing out. You know, sometimes the FOMO fear of missing out that can be a little bit strong before as this moon is rising. But 
think about the fact that Wednesday's full moon is sitting close, as we've been talking about, to the Time Lord, Saturn and Pisces. So instead of it being melancholic vibes, we're going to ditch um, um, the rose-colored glasses. We're going to be able to have enough of Saturn's um, gifts and intuition and, and pragmatic ability to say, because Saturn rules Capricorn, Pluto's in Capricorn, and it's happy with Jupiter and Taurus, and it's happy with Uranus and Taurus. So it's giving, it gets, it's giving us a boat. When you think about oceans and, and like the people in Maui that some of them said they had to run into the ocean, they'd take your physical earthly body and run into the ocean with the way the fires were all going around them. So when you think about the, the elements of dreams, think about the, I think it was the 80s, not the 90s. I think it was the 80s. There was a famous song that you can look up on YouTube by Gary Wright. That's with the W. W-R-I-G-H called Dreamweaver, pull up those lyrics. And then there's a famous one that we used to hear from our grandparents in our childhood, row, row, row your boat, gently down the stream, merrily, 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 life is but a dream. So it has a lot to do with Carlos Castaneda and the dream work of Carlos Castaneda. You know, the shaman element is here because the shamans and the heoka, you know, the trickster clowns out west and the different kachinas, the different Taos and New Mexico kachinas that are out there and the, and the starry ancestors, they're very strong during this particular full moon. So we're, we're really time travelers right now. And what we have with this Piscean moon is the ability to jump timelines, kind of like in the Matrix. You know, Keanu Reeves is a, is a Virgo in real life, and we're able to kind of like do the do our life here in one level of earth i work here i do this i have this dog i do this i walk this i tend to eat this i'm doing this for my holistic nutrition there's all the practical virgo capricorn stuff and then there's that creativity surge there's that idea that seems to come out of the blue and there's all these different kinds of i love jonathan goldman it's jonathan in the hebraic spelling j-o-n-a-t-h-a and jonathan goldman was deemed a prestigious award by the recent, he just passed the recent Dalai Lama as a, as a, as a procipient professional sound healing engineer. And Jonathan Goldman, and I don't get paid for this, this isn't an endorsement, this is a gift because Jonathan Goldman's music has healed me. When I went into a metaphysical bookstore in the early 2000s, that was one of those bookstores in Florida that had like, you could actually play the CD and listen to it a little bit. And I'm like, oh, what a great name for a CD, Holy Harmony. You can play it for free now on YouTube. And when you play that by Jonathan Goldman, when you play Holy Harmony, the way that they chant and go up, there's no lyrics, the way that they chant and go through the chakras and then back down again is it's like you will get tuned up. You will get tuned up. So I always strongly suggest if you can be by the water, be by the water on a Pisces full moon, just a regular Pisces full moon, not with all this added oomph. And if you can really allow yourself to just, maybe you eat a little piece of chocolate bar, but it's got your THC imbued into it so you can take a journey, you know, or, or whatever you, you like to have. It's a little bit of a, a little couple of glasses of wine, whatever it is that you like. A little microdose. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, and really know that before you, you do the the uptick of stimulus that you allow yourself to know that that play that music first that you really want to that you're allowing yourself with the divine holies to extract 
the full bloom of the healing and the magic and the ability to go into the dream lodge or the dream aspect or the, in a sense, the imagery of the hallucinogenic aspect of a potential dream blossoming and then bring that back into the 3D reality. So I, I can suggest, I'm sure Nicole has her own suggestions, but I can suggest that safely, safely, that that musical CD, again, endorsed by the Dalai Lama, he, he was handpicked by the Dalai Lama of Jonathan Goldman's Holy Harmony. It's just, I'm going to do it myself during this full moon. My two favorite full moons of the year are, one of them is known as the VSAC or the WESAC full moon. It's always in April or May when we have the full moon rise in Scorpio, not because I am a Scorpio, but because that's really got that kind of, um, um, you release from the attachments, it's the Scorpio Taurus thing, and you allow yourself to take in the supernatural communion. And that full moon of Scorpio, that water moon of Scorpio is about up in your game and taking in, you know, take this cup and drink and you're drinking in. And I go out with either purified water or I go out with, as we talked about earlier this year, my Chambord or my honey infused liqueur or my homemade wine, you know, I actually do do communion in a beautiful, one of my favorite goblets, just not a regular old glass. I mean, I do make it more of a, of a, a pensive ceremony. And it's more about the liquid communion going in while the sun is in Taurus and the full moon rises in Scorpio because it's kind of like that take and drink, this is my blood. So you're actually fortifying the the blood, you know, that's coursing through your veins and your arteries. It's like, you know, that whole thing, the electrolytes in the blood. When we come to the Pisces moon, the native peoples refer to the mountains of Mother Earth as the breast of Mother Earth. So it's where when we go to the mountains, we get fed. We are held closely and we get fed, which is why people are drawn to certain mountain ranges. When we go to the salt waters of Mother Earth, when we go to the, to the edge of the ocean, of the shorelines, the, the ions and the salt water, they call that the, the birth waters of Mother Earth because it's the salt waters and things out there in the vast array of oceans around this planet have had creatures die and creatures be born. And so that's why they talk about baptisms in rivers and baptisms by water and the ocean baptisms by water and then the second baptism by fire. So the next, which is the holy fire, the inspirational, the divine inspiration for our next full moon in late September is the, is the baptism by fire. Mm. So this one is about where could I evolve and where could I get my head above water? Where could I allow the resurrection of the Christed energies and the holy host, where could I allow more holy harmony in me and drink in and dream forth that which is of the Piscean, the mysteries of the deep, the mysteries of the ocean. No matter how advanced we think we are technologically and with space this and satellite that and this over there and the stars, we don't know all the mysteries of the stars and the heavens, and we certainly don't know all the answers and the mysteries to the oceans of this planet. No. So this is about moving into that, being available to receive and to claim the manifested glory and the manifested grace mysteries, our abundance mysteries, our ability to dream into reality, that which truly is a win-win and for our higher good. So this is that moon that instead of just asking, that you also now ignite your ability to receive it. To receive it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, and I, 
you know, I, I agree with you. I think for this full moon in Pisces, if you can be near water, um, especially if, if you're on a coast, you know, like get out to the, the, the sea, the ocean, you know, because that is truly the Pisces energy. But, you know, if you can't, if you can't, because it's not practical for everyone, I think a what? bath. I think a bath is a really okay. nice ceremony for the Pisces full moon. Um, but I would also say that um, one, pay attention to your dreams three days before on the night of and three days after because this is your most intense dream world full moon and because it's a rare blue super moon i just think your dream worlds are going to be very very active and very powerful with messages guidance information that you're going to need now One thing that's really important to note about this full moon in Pisces, because it's conjunct Saturn at three degrees retrograde means that Saturn will go direct and come back to this three degree mark in late December, early January. Mm -hmm. You may get some information in your dreams that you don't fully understand but you want to write down because come late december early january when saturn comes back to its three degree mark you may get the information grounding saturn grounding you and giving you the wisdom that you need to fully actualize whatever is being culminated or fully coming through. And I I really do believe there might be some kind of long-term dream um, kind of starting to manifest here. And it's all about getting the groundwork, giving it legs, rooting it down, like that card said, rooting something down. And I think you might get the clarity um, that Saturn can bring by like, you know, pulling away all the fluff. And once it starts to go direct again and comes back to this mark. So I would keep a dream journal because I think that you might get some very valuable information in your dreams three days before, three days after. I would also say that I love that, you know, Mary offered, oh, maybe it's wine, maybe it's some THC, maybe it's some psilocybin microdosing, whatever feels right for you. It doesn't have to be. You can even call on plant medicine energy frequency without having to take it. You can call upon it and do a little ceremony with it. Why? Because the 12th house Pisces energy rules plant medicine. So this is also, I think, a great time to just, again, if you're not into that, just call on the frequency, tune into your ancient wisdom held within your very own soul of past lives where you likely uh, were working with some kind of plant medicine in some format. And remember that, call it forward. This is the time, as Mary said, there's some kind of timeline jumping. We're kind of being able to with Saturn being here, the the Lord of time, but also we're in the sign of Pisces, which allows you to trans go right beyond all time. Okay. Like you're, you're in the presence of all that is. And so there's something really special about this full moon that I think you can access and will be very important and valuable to you when it comes to some kind of long-standing dream. Well, Mars just slipped into Libra 
mm-hmm. on the 28th of August. And so when you think about peace-seeking signs, signs that want to negotiate our harmonious result, I think of Libra, I think of Taurus, I think of Pisces, sometimes Cancer the Crab. You know, the crabs, crabs don't bother anybody. Horseshoe crabs or fiddler crabs or hermit crabs, they don't bother anybody. They just want to be in their shell and they just want to be left alone. And they want to be in their own little tribe. So when you have Mars moving into technical astrology, would say Mars is weakest in the sign of Venus Libra because it rules Aries Mars. But when the ruler of what inspires us, what what we desire, our temperament, our motivation, our aspiration, when that planetary agent goes into the sign of peace, negotiation, mediation, and harmony. And Venus is going to go direct on September 3rd in the sign of the heart, Leo. I call it the L team. Libra and Leo get along with each other. So we're going to have as Venus turns direct on September 3rd, the full moon blooming over the 31st of August into September 1st. What we And, and to Nicole's point, three days before, three days after, including the day of, what we have here is we have Venus, uh, Venus and Leo around mid-degree of 12. And then we have Mars by the time Venus turns direct at four of Libra. And then we have Jupiter at mid-degree getting ready to retrograde on this September 2nd, 3rd, 4th timeline. So again, speaking about these signs, Libra is for peace. Taurus is for the harmonious change. How can, how can this just be an easy, smooth transition? And so what's happening with Pisces is Pisces is saying, the Pisces energy always says, I promise you. It's a dream within a dream. It doesn't have to be so dramatic or chaotic and stop analyzing it. Pisces is the opposite of Virgo. Virgo overthinks it. Gemini can overspin it. Pisces is like, why don't you just let it happen and stay in your heart center? Yes. 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 So that's why we're talking about music and dance and plant medicine. And to your point, it's interesting, literally earlier today, I had studied, because I always studied herbs and plants and holistic, and I was going to mention to you, let us not forget the high frequency vibration of flowers. Take note of what flowers you've been drawn to, either in art mm-hmm. or in actual form. And I had studied different aspects of jasmine, night blooming jasmine, but the star jasmine, they're now finding out that it has some very powerful medicinal qualities. Won't go on to it, won't go into it here because of the potential YouTube ban. And I'm just going to tell you, I planted six star jasmines today, and it's a plant that if you live in a four-season climate, does very well in tropical climates. You don't put it in direct sun, but it vines up and it makes the most hypnotically beautiful fragrance in your home, in your office corner, or like you should always have a rosemary plant near your office, you know, a window near your office because rosemary stimulates memory and concentration or, or grow it outside and bring a couple of splines from the rosemary plant. It looks just like lavender. Rosemary and lavender can be grown side by side and just cut a little offering and let it be in a vase of water. And when you're concentrating on your computer or doing study or your monthly accounting, and then you can cook with it. When you, after you smell it, after you've done the work you've got to do, then you just lay it on top of your chicken or your beef and you've got a nice, or lamb and you've got a nice rosemary hint to the flavoring in your pasta. I love that. But I planted, yeah, and I plant, oh yeah, if I, if I cut an herb, I bless the plant, take the culinary herb, place it in water so it's not dehydrated. And then before the water turns yucky, rinse it out again. And then I just, you just pull the, they call them splines. 
on lavender and rosemary. And rosemary is just, you put this blind, I put it in my pasta sauce. I, I put some fresh rosemary because it enhances brain activity and, and memory and concentration. Lavender, if you've ever wanted to make lemon anything or cupcakes or shortbread cookies with a lemon flavor, try it. Little is best. A little bit of lavender splines. Remember I told you the plant looks the same. Put that in your cake batter or put that in your cookie batter. It is incredible the buzz of relaxation you get if you just use fresh purple lavender flowers or just a couple, maybe no Ooh. more than four, a little know, lavender. You're you're making me want to make lavender lemon bars, like lemon squares. They're, they're just incredible. Even a shortbread cookie recipe or a, a, yeah. a, just, a basic, yeah, just a basic butter cookie mm-hmm. recipe. Mm-hmm. Lemon, pure lemon, <clears throat> and add your lavender. If you can find the lavender blooming, you can drop those little flowers in there too. It's so pretty when the flowers explode in the cookie or the cake. It's so pretty. So I planted star jasmine. I'm like, wow, that's interesting. I'm coming into one of my favorite full moons and I got these six star jasmine plants and I loved on them today and the, you know, the, the, the good dirt that's on them and <coughs> watered them and blessed them. And I was cleaning out a chicken coop earlier today. So I was playing with the chickens. It was a real earthy nature day. <coughs> Still have some cedar shavings up in my throat, I'm sure. And chicken feathers. But I blessed the chickens and I planted the star jasmine. So look at your animal totems and look at your plant totems and your flowers. Yeah. Well, and you know, we couldn't let you come to a full moon reading here, energy uh, forecast with Mary and myself without us talking a little bit about food. You know, it's got to happen every single time. You know what? We haven't roasted a sign either. We haven't because look, Nicole sits back going, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Mary to find she's going to roast this month. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, why don't, why don't we get into the sign? Do you want to go sign by sign and uh, let everyone know what they can expect for this full moon? Let's look at the themes. Okay. So now we're going to teach you a little bit more about basic astrology. So 12 zodiac signs, let's call them 12 energetic spices. And we have 12 months in our calendar year. And we have 12 houses, rooms with a view in our story chart. <clears throat> so when a sign is featured, if Pisces is where the full moon is, then that sign gets to go first. So for Pisces born people or Pisces moons, because it's the full moon, or Pisces ascendants or rising signs, this is a stronger the door opens for you. The, the first house in an astrological portrait in our story, Medicine Wheel, it's where we enter the Medicine Wheel. It's when someone takes their first breath and you learn what your rising sign is. This is the adventure into the real you and some of your life challenges and some of your life purposes and intentions. And so when we have the full moon in Pisces, then the most prominent sign, it's going to be in the spotlight lunar-wise, which means from within to the out. So it's the full moon is waves of intuition and waves of emotion and waves of insight because it's a full moon. And at the full moon, the sun and moon are opposite. So this full moon is strongest, as Nicole used the word earlier, for the mutable signs. That mutable is a fancy word in astrology that means changeable. So signs that are able to adapt quicker to life's sudden shock and awe changes or dramatic um, turns of direction are going to be the mutable immutable air sign of Gemini, 
the mutable earth sign of Virgo, the mutable water sign of Pisces, which is what we have now, changeable flowing water, and then the mutable fire sign of Sagittarius. So Gemini is the air element. So Gemini and Sagittarius are very affected by this full moon. But the two strongest ones in the spotlight right now are those with strong Virgo presence in their chart and those with Pisces. So if you're Pisces, this is like a coming out, coming into your own, celebrating your own power, celebrating your own uniqueness, celebrating your own authenticity. So for Pisces who tend to, a little bit like Libra, shy back from being too strong about their feelings or their opinions. They're, they're kind of can fall in that people-pleasing category. Although, as I said in the call last month, I know a whole lot of Pisces that act a whole lot about what the description of Virgo is. They get all caught up in the details and they get a little hysterical about the timing and all of that, where a lot of the Virgos I know, they're more like Pisces. I want to get in bed. I want to dream. I want to trance. I want, I want to go take this plant. I want to drink this white claw. I want to do this. I want to, so I find that the Virgos that I know, if you just read about Virgo and stop there, you would think, oh, they're analytical. They can't get out of their head. They overthink it. They multitask. But I got to tell you, I know a whole bunch of Virgos. For some reason, I attract Virgo people, male, female, all ages. And the Virgos I know, yeah, when they want to get it down and party, they get it down and party. And they like being stoned. <laughs> what? Choose your, choose your potion, but they like being high. They like escaping reality, and they'll laugh. And I'm like, you, you'd like to spend a whole lot of time in music or in your bed or whatever. And they go, well, can you tell me what's wrong with that? I'm like, I, I guess nothing. I just noticed that it's an anomaly with Virgos. You know, so you know, when you think Virgos aren't sexy or you think Virgos aren't, you know, trying to strategize a romantic excursion, don't be fooled because Virgos balance sign is Pisces. And Pisces balance sign is Virgo. So when you get a full moon in Pisces, you're going to have more Virgos wanting to romance the stone, so to speak. And you're going to have Pisces tending to either get a little too exuberant or a little too wordy or a little too dramatic. Or they, they, they can have this drama circus that starts up around them because it's almost like the Pisces wants to jump in and analyze or help or direct anyone around them that they care about. And it's just like, okay, mom, less words or okay, honey, I got it. Can I get you a drink? Do you need to calm down? What's going on? Here, have a little snack. You know, you might need to nurture the Pisces people that you know right now. And, and sometimes when Pisces people get hyper, I know it's tough sometimes, but just let them vent. Just let them rail on. Just let them get really dramatic, dramatic about it. And then to Nicole's point about this being a high dreaming full moon, <laughs> tell them you'll go watch Netflix or a movie with them. <laughs> you know, get them involved in a movie, get them involved in a drama different than their own life becoming a nightmare or a dream within a dream or a drama. You get me? I mean, go get them involved in some kind of drama, theatrical thing. Hey, let's go watch the matrix again, or Hey, let's go watch the new avatar movie or Hey, let's go over here and, you know, binge on Netflix. I tell you something that's very Piscean that I just saw the other night. And I believe it's an exclusive on Netflix. It's a it's a series. I think there's only five or six, and it's called Painkiller. And Nicole, let me tell you, you talk about the other side of Pisces that has to do with the pharmaceutical industry, the agenda mm. behind uh, big pharma companies and how they push doctors and the malpractice insurance and all that. But it's based on the opening of each one of the episodes is someone that actually lost someone to a painkiller. It, it's the whole history of oxycodone. I didn't, there was a whole bunch of stuff I didn't know. 
I mean, it was like, whoa. And it's eye-opening about who the original people were, how it came into, like the birth of it, like the birth of it and what they didn't tell people about it. And this is based on people that were there from the beginning. And I thought, who knew? I didn't know. So I found as much as I love to study herbs and the holistic side, which is Virgo, Pisces is the pharmaceutical. It rules hospitals. It rules doctors. It rules any kind of psychological and physical therapies in order to get people off addiction or come back after they've had heart surgery or broken bone or whatever. So anything that has to do with rehab is Pisces. So I'm going to give a little caveat. I'm going to tell you on a Pisces full moon period, without the enhancements of Saturn, the law or the blue moon, it's rare heightened emotions or the super moon, it's closer to earth. So we can have more high tides of emotion and low ebbs of mood. This is not the time to overdrink. This is not the time to go on and off the Adderall. This is not because you feel hyper or you feel tense. This is not the time to dick around with your antidepressants. If you're on them, like you're not supposed to just go off certain medications without some kind of monitoring. So you don't just go off, you know, the Prozac and you don't just go off the blood pressure medication because there's certain medications that you do better weaning off of them. Yeah. Also, it's not the time to take the extra trazodone or the extra Xanax or the extra Valium because you, this is not the moon like Nicole was talking about. This is a moon that reveals good therapeutic revelations and answers, solving problems, solving problems, not trying to escape the problem. So the Pisces full moon can go cross purposes with you if you try to avoid the confrontation or you try to solve everything in three days you know, I'll take more pills. I'll take less pills. No, 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 no. Pisces full moon is not the time to be a risk taker with drugs or alcohol. It simply isn't. And when you've got mercury retrograde on top of it, it's not a time to have a need for speed in traffic because what are the other two mutable signs? The impatient signs of Gemini and Sagittarius. So August 28th, August through August 31st, up until September 3rd, let that window of when you start to get impatient and you start to get angry or you're seeing that with you in traffic that you're driving proactively and all of a sudden the big truck's blasting you because it's a red light and it simply doesn't want to slow down. And you're just like, really, it's a red light. So if you want to go around me, rock on. But you're not going to push me through an intersection. There could be some odd... uh, You have to look at the light in the dark of each one of the zodiac signs. And the dark side of Pisces is, is blaming other people instead of taking uh, responsibility yourself for the actions that you took. And it can be that, that dark side of anxiety or depression. So instead of blaming yourself and saying, there's something wrong with me, I'll never escape this anxiety or this depression. I have to drink. I have to do the pill. I have to, you know, wallow in it. I would, that's why I would suggest music or, or different kinds of things or dance or be around people that you know to be enthusiastic and uplifting. And so if you're kind of being a victim of your own thoughts of anxiety, oh Lord, get around a Gemini or Sagittarius, they'll get you right out of it. Yeah, they'll get you right out of it. So for Pisces, it's about how are you doing really? How are you doing really? You know, and I would say for Pisces, the theme would be to thine own self be true. If you really don't feel like meeting your friend out for lunch, Ask yourself, is it because of anxiety? Is it because I don't like the weight I lost or how that looks on me? 
or I feel like they're prettier than me, or I feel like they're more affluent than me. Really check yourself as in maybe you're doing some pretty harsh assumptions and judgments on yourself. And the other person just wants to enjoy your company or get you out or just have a moment, just have a soft moment. So I will say Pisces are in need of some soft moments. And I feel that Gemini and Sagittarius are too. Virgo, yeah, they're just going to get high. They're, <laughs> they're just going to, they're going to get in their head for a little while under this full moon, you Virgo. And you're going to get a bunch of projects done around the house or finally get the car to the mechanic or, you know, do something that you want to, to improve your vehicle or sell one vehicle and buy another one. I got a lot of Virgos that are doing that. They're changing car vehicles right now. And then they're just going to be like, and now it's time to celebrate. So I do see it being more of a intimate, celebratory, personal, romantic, um, some partner discoveries for Virgo. Virgos tend to really go into a relationship and then they kind of hit that button of like, maybe I should test it. Maybe I should push them away because I'm really scared of being rejected. So maybe I'll do something deliberately to either piss them off or make them go, what the hell was that about? But deep inside the Virgos right now, it's like, oh no, I've been hurt in love before. What if I risk it and I get hurt again? Mm. So if you're involved with the Virgo, if you're listening to this and you're Virgo, you know exactly what the hell I'm talking about. I know about. so many but Virgos like that. <laughs> yeah. But if you're if you're just getting into a sensual uh, scenario or the intimacy has happened and you're involved with the Virgo, remember, this is their partnership, seventh house full moon. So I would suggest no matter what sign you are, if you're involved with the Virgo, come back with that hug that we don't do often enough, you know, touch their hair, tell them, I really appreciate your dutiful efforts on the behalf of this relationship, or thank you. That was really kind. You cooked for me and I was out doing this and you cooked for me. That was so kind. Or thank you for just being there to support me as my tribal sister or my tribal brother and jump in there with both hands to help me. So we both get the chore done and then we can go out and play again, type of a thing, go see the sunset or drive in the car or toast a glass of champagne. So I would be on point if you're involved with the Virgo in these first opening days of September to verbally, remember Gemini, Sagittarius is involved. So verbally, Mercury's retrograde, find your voice. Let's all be a little more recognizing of the kind things that we could say to someone, express our appreciation. It doesn't have to be cheesy or sarcastic, but we don't do that enough. We are so busy putting out fires of anxiety. That, you know, the Pisces moon is also about the grand principles and beliefs of all religions and all principles spiritually. You know, if it's Buddhism, it's like, don't be attached to things on the material level. You know, it is what it is. If it's Christianity, it's mercy and forgive and, you know, don't judge other people. And so you go into these different, you know, uh, Native American respect all life, similar to Buddhism. So the Pisces full moon is also hitting all of us in a sense of, are your beliefs still supporting you? Are your current beliefs that connect you to your heart and to the best of life? And how are you doing with what you think is great mystery or great spirit or the all that is or the almighty I am? When's the last time you worked a little bit with your beliefs that you studied with Reiki or or Tai Chi or Prana or your chakras being aligned? When's the last time you really put that into practice for you, for you. I know you're busy if you're in the spiritual work or the metaphysical work or you're a therapist or what, I know you're busy helping other people. When's the last time 
you let that rain upon you. So Pisces is good about, you know, like they'll even say hospice workers will say, got to make sure the caretaker, the caregiver takes care of themselves. Because again, Pisces rules, those that care for the sick, those that care for the dying, those that give therapy so people can come back into their full healthy essence. So that's the overarching aspect of the moon. So who might we with the Virgo opposition and for Pisces and Virgos, our first two signs we're really concentrating on, what might we do to calm the Pisces people down and acknowledge and thank the Virgo people? Virgo people just jump in there and do the work. And I don't see them getting a whole lot of thank yous. I don't, they just do it. That's just who they are. The, uh, Pisces and Virgo, out of all 12 signs, are meant to be signs of service in this incarnation. Mm. So if you're an Aquarius, this full moon, Aquarius, this full moon is, is got your mind on the results of your labors, the results at the second house type of a thing. So I believe that Aquarians are organizing with Mercury retrograde and the Jupiter and the Saturn and Neptune. I believe uh, Aquarius is looking, they're, they're already looking to January, February. Aquarian people out there have already got, they always have a futuristic view anyway. Aquarius is the long range wind, the long range view. So Aquarians right now are already planning that vacation Nicole talked about or that for their 12th house in January. They're already looking at what they want to project into 2024, which is a year that will add to an eight. So we're all going to be going through the infinity symbol and what's meant to expand in our life and what has served its purpose. That's going to be the theme of 2024. And I believe of all 12 signs, Aquarius is already getting that vision and they're already getting to work on that. So for them, it's, it's kind of materialistic right now. It's kind of like they're setting aside and maybe categorizing funds and allowances. And I want to sell that. And I want to take that money of what I sold and put it over here for this project. So it's a very pragmatic uh, time, full moon for you Aquarians. And especially with Venus coming out of retrograde in your seventh house sign of, of Leo, September 3rd starts an uptick cycle for you Aquarians and Leos out there. If you're a Leo, it is the most psychic, potentially sexually sensual moon of the whole year of 2023. It's your eighth house. It's a time that you might find that if you've never gone on some kind of a ghost hunting thing or spirit talking thing, or you're going to go actually go to the concert or go to the lecture or go to the experience or take, take meditation for the first time or learn a little bit about Reiki or get your chart done. It's a really powerful time for Leos, but the Leos I've been working with have been going through these really big epiphanies to do with those relationships that broke up. Over the last six months, the people that died or people or animals that passed away kind of suddenly, certainly not so much biological age, but people that just died quickly. You know, a lot of Leo clients I'm talking to have have had like doors shut, people leave, um, up and move or up and die or get divorced. There's been Leos have have had to look at the psychological frequencies of letting go and realizing that, wow. They're bouncing back with more of an appreciation for you never know if it's going to be the last time you see that animal or that person. So let me get let me get my feet anchored back into the present. So Leo people are doing a, a deep dive into where their head's been at as far as what really matters in this lifetime. What are the sweet spots of your lifetime? And it's time to make memories instead of just reflect on 
the memories that you had with those people that passed away or had to move out of state or broke up and you're not going to see them as a couple anymore. It's going to be that transition of like, well, do I want to know that one more or this one more because now they're getting a breakup or a divorce or splitting apart. So for Leo, it's, it's very quiet. It's very intimate. There's a whole lot of stuff going on inside of Leo's anyway. <clears throat> they're probably not going to be really wanting to talk about it until we get to like September 8th, 9th, 10th, right around in there. If you're a Capricorn, uh, Pisces is a dynamic energy because it's the third house. So for Capricorns, it's a lot to do with how you write it, how you text it, how you say it, what your response is. I would say to Capricorns, since it's a pretty powerful full moon, pause, pause, grin, and then respond. Um, Capricorns, are all about business up front, then party in the back. The Pisces moon encourages them to kind of let their hair down, kick up their heels, have a good time. So Capricorn, if you're kind of feeling like you've been all work and no play, this full moon can open up a nice, uh, a nice full moon of, of just enjoying yourself. Just, you know, you know, it's time for me to just enjoy pleasure. So that's orbiting around you, Capricorns, if you'll let it happen or not. It's up to you. Capricorn always makes the decision. Other people don't decide, oh, I'm going to go make love with that Capricorn. It's Capricorn that decides if they're in or they're out of a particular offer or temptation. Capricorn decides that. And I meant to tell you on the tarot card, one of the ones that, that came up for me, since it's a seven degrees Pisces moon and the cups are the traditional um, suit of water, cups are hearts and regular cards. Cups are the water element in most tarot decks. I saw the seven of cups which is the person that is receiving, we talk about dreams, but there's also visions. And so the seven of cups has to do with a lot of offers floating in the air. You know, it's like, there's all kinds, if you look at the seven of cups on the internet, you'll, if you don't own a deck, you'll see that uh, there's a cloaked figure in the Rider Waite deck that's having a vision. And there's all kinds of different things coming out of these seven golden chalices. Some of it's money, there's a dragon, there's a house, there's a, a person that they love. There's all kinds of things just levitating in front of them. And it's almost as if the seven of cups is saying, what are you going to prioritize right now? Are you going to prioritize what your soul and your spirit wants or what your pocketbook wants or what your ego wants? So it's kind of like deciding what is the real pleasure point. So for cancers and cancer risings, it's a ninth house moonrise. And so if you're cancer moon, the moon's strongest in cancer, anytime there's a water moon, but especially the Pisces full moon. It's favorable for Cancer more than Scorpio. Why? Because the crabs live at the ocean. And Cancer was also used to be referred to as moon child. So if it's ruled by the moon, then when we have a blue moon and a super moon and anything accentuating a full moon, the new moons and the full moons are strongest for people that are born under the sign of moon child Cancer or have their moon there or their rising sign there. They're feelers. They're empathic feelers. So they, like the palms of their hands and their fingers are very tactile in a psychic sense. And so when they do massage, when they do Reiki, when they do pressure point stuff, when they touch a loved one, there's a different kind of energy that hits someone that has a lot of, that can be given to someone from a person that has strong cancer rising, cancer sun sign, cancer moon. There's that, there's that like an extra comforting, nurturing energy that pops off that sign. And so it is the house of higher love, higher law, spiritual laws, and dreaming. 
for the sign of cancer or if you have a cancer rising sign. So to Nicole's point, it is a very profound time for dreams bringing you actual answers and formulas and resolutions to things. And if you're a Sagittarius, the energy of Sagittarius right now is the home, the family, domestic scenarios, your neighborhood, the community has a lot to do with, you know, how's your property looking? How's your greenhouse doing? Do you need to clean the chicken coop? Do you need to see that one relative that tends to annoy you at family cookouts or get togethers? For Sagittarius, they're analyzing who and how much they want to be involved in some kind of domestic drama or situation. It might be that the Sagittarius feels like they're always putting the fires out for other people and they're good at it. And they're by nature enthusiastic and encouraging for the most part. Can they be critical? Oh yeah. Can they be blunt? You betcha. But with the Pisces moon, um, like the sign of appreciation, showing our appreciation to the Virgos in our life, I would say the person in second place, in, in second in line to receive our, any kind of kudos or compliments or appreciation are the Sagittarians. So for Sagittarius, it's kind of like, I really just want to have some days at home not just because the grass needs mowing or the house needs cleaning, but, you know, I pay for this rent or I pay for this mortgage and I really just want to appreciate my physical womb, my physical body that my body comes in and that my body spirit comes in and out of. So it's a great full moon kind of week weekend to get that chore you've been putting off done. It might be that Sagittarians are out there pressure washing the mold off the driveway or the house, but that's, that's okay. That's going to feel good to the Sagittarius. If you're a Gemini, Pisces is the top, it's the zenith point, it's the midheaven. So it's about if you had to give up certain kind of work or you're just done with that, you've just expended all energy and effort that you want to do with that job or that kind of work or that kind of endeavor to get, you know, peanut butter on your bread. Like, yeah, I work there because it's the tangible paycheck I can count on every week that puts butter on the bread. I'm seeing Geminis coming to a point, especially with Mars now in Libra, before they might dip their toe in the water for some their feet wet in a whole new field of adventure and experience so that they can enjoy uh, being able to, you know, I did that for 10 years. I did that for 20 years. And now I think I want to do this one Gemini client I have, they spent 20 years as a nurse and now they want to go into the stock market. And I'm like, really? Boy, that's a big difference. And I'm like, are you scared? No, I need to be stimulated. I don't, I don't have the same type of mental stimulation or enthusiasm that I had. I mean, nursing is hard work. I did it. I'm glad I did it, but I don't, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to go into something to do with finance. And I'm like, boy, if that isn't Pisces, Virgo, I don't know what is. So your, your Gemini people tend to be involved in insurance or instruction or how to be proactive with like, uh, defense mechanisms that they're really good teachers at how to keep yourself safe or how to keep yourself savvy. So your Gemini comrades right now, your Gemini partners and friends have, have got some good stories to tell. And if I were you, I would use this Pisces moon to deeply listen. If it's your Scorpio, it's the fifth house and that can involve out of the mouth of babes. Some wisdom words can happen. You're just in a restaurant and somebody's there with a couple of kids and you just happen to overhear a child say something like really profound. And it, it would be like an old wise soul master speaking through that little earth body of a child. 
So being around children, it could be someone else's children. It could be someone else's grandchildren. It could be that you're just walking through a big box store and you encounter the eyes of a child that you know happen to be from another planet or another galaxy. Like they used to talk about the indigo kids. And there's just something that you may encounter if you're a Scorpio that you just look at the child and you grin and that baby's looking at you with eyes like, I know you and I'm sending you energy. You know, there's babies and then there's the babies that aren't yours and they just stare deeply into your soul. And kittens will do that sometimes and puppies will do that sometimes. I mean, animals at the zoo will do that sometimes. There's the animals at the zoo, there's the puppies and the kittens at the shelter and then there's the one that just looks at you like, yep, we know each other. Yep, you and me have a connection. So I would say for Scorpios, Pay close attention to those telepathic lines of communication. It's really strong. And just laugh, you know, just play more and laugh more. Scorpio is such an intense sign. So people around you love it when you laugh and love it when you let yourself go and just act silly. So Scorpios don't do that easy. They just don't do that easy. They've got those defense full armor of God on them all the time. You know, they're like warriors ready to jump into action at any moment. So for Scorpio, I would say, look for the people that you just turn around, you're in a store and you turn around and it's like, yeah, I felt that, you know, an animal or, or something, and trees. I got a real strong psychic feeling just then on Scorpios being especially tuned in to the changing of the color of the trees this year before they go from the, the greens of summer and the, and the flowers and the and the acorns finally beginning to be the mash that falls on the ground. Scorpio is an autumn sign. It's one of the three autumn signs. Libra, Scorpio, Sag are our autumn season signs. But I feel like that Scorpios, for some reason, are craving being able to see that fall is in the air and that the seasons are going to change. And Scorpio's like wind, too. So we were talking about if you can get near the ocean or you can take a bath, a nice spa bath with Epsom salts. Or, but if you're a Scorpio, it might be that you get out in the wind. Yeah, you get out in the wind or play in the water somehow, but there's something to do with the breezes and the winds have changed for Scorpio, I feel, and how it moves through the trees. If you're Taurus, it's 11th house, and it's the sanctity and the glory of that real friend, the, the people that get you, the people that don't expect you to give to them all the time, the people that just balance it all out and just say, oh, Nicole, you don't have to do anything for me. You know, she's a Taurus, I'm using her as an example, or, you know, just... No, you don't have to teach me. You don't have to give me a reading. You don't, you don't owe me anything. Let's just go and let's just go for a drive or let's just go have lunch together. And you don't have to talk about anything that you do in your life coaching and your soul teachings and all that. I just want to be with Nicole that gets to enjoy lunch or a happy hour or something. So it's, for Taurus right now, it's, it's, they've got a lot on their mind. They're always micro planning. So if you've got a Taurus friend and you can like spend the, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive zone into them. Take your tourist to lunch. Let's go get pizza. Let's just go over here and Taco Bell or whatever the heck it is you want to have. You know, let's let's go do that. Let's go to TJ Maxx or let's go. Let's just go do something fun. Let's go to the zoo. Like get your tourists out away from work. Even if it's just for a couple of hours because they're not going to spend a whole lot of time with you if you don't feed them. And it isn't something that they can get back to work within two to three hours. It just doesn't work for tourists. So just tell them. Tell them in the beginning. I'd like to take you out for two to three hours. Have you tell me what day you've got the window of time for that. Maybe we'll get a pedicure. Maybe we'll have lunch. Always do the tourist. Maybe we'll have lunch and then maybe we'll go to a bookstore. Or maybe we'll go to a metaphysical shop or maybe we'll just go feel the crystals or maybe walk around town to the art, art show, but get them home within two to three hours. That's all they want. They have to adjust after that. And they have things to do. The tourists 
always has things to do and they've planned it out. So make sure you feed them if you know a Taurus and maybe they'll just want soda water and a salad. It doesn't matter. They got a choice or maybe they'll just want dessert and coffee, but you gave them a choice. But you always want to like feed a cancer, feed a Taurus because they like that. Give them a recipe, bake them something. You just nailed me. (laughs) (laughs) So the final two signs, if you're a Libra, it's a six house thing. So whenever a full moon is going to hit, because I do the new moons with Joe Roop over at Fringe FM. But if you, if you're going to, when the full moon is going to hit you in the sixth house, it's different than a new moon. The, the full moon is saying, how are you doing health-wise? How are you feeling? You know, are your legs a little tired? Have you been overdoing it with your shoulders? Have you been lifting too much? Are you eating a little too much spice or a little too much protein or a little too much sugar? Are you drinking enough? Are you hydrating yourself? I would say for Libras right now, pay attention to your nutritional balance. I'm not going to lecture you. Just pay attention to holistic harmony and nutritional balance. And if you're a Libra, don't over-exercise right now. You know, there, there needs to be a balance with how you just detox and rest. But I, I, for Libras, I want to say don't go to extremes. The mid-July, the nodes shifted into the Libra Aries point. The south node is in Libra. So it's okay to have a piece of chocolate, Libra. It's okay to have a one-scoop ice cream, Libra. You don't have to be so hard on yourself with your workout routines or your keto diets or whatever it is. And I would say to Libras, this is not your best cycle to be jumping into a lot of uh, plastic surgery type of options to remove this or put this on or get this bigger or or liposuction that. I, I would let that let that rest a little bit. Your Virgo is your 12th house. I'd rather see you pick that up maybe in Sagittarius instead of trying to do a lot of medical procedures, elective medical procedures now. And finally, if you're an Aries, your big moon is the end of September. So especially if you're an Aries sun sign, moon sign, or rising sign, this is like a double whammy of the womb waters, the embryonic, the labor before the actual birth of a new beginning or new ideas or the results of your hard labors or keeping your nose to the grindstone and doing boots on the ground work. If you're an Aries, only allow the people around you that aren't going to be caustic or leading you into temptations of darkness or you know it's not good for you. You quit smoking for five months and here's that friend that says, oh, come on, you quit for five months, let's smoke. Or you haven't had alcohol in six months, let's just have a drink. Don't Get around people that would cause you more work in the long run to have to get away from substance abuse or get away from a negative habit or you've done really good with your diet. Everybody can balance out and cheat a little bit, but there's something with Aries right now that they're kind of going to extremes with Lilith and the North Node in Aries. So Aries, they've got this inspirational plan that's going on, Mars. In your opposite sign as of August the 28th is saying you don't have to just always let your partner have the lead or control over your mood. Like Aries tend to, if things aren't going well with their partner, then they get all surly and caustic and bitchy and edgy around all the other people that aren't causing them problems, like their friends and their family and all that. The, the Aries like, rah, 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 rah. And she said this, and he said that. And I would say to Aries, no, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, take responsibility for your own integrity and be very authentic. And although an Aries really wants the partnership to work out, they need to be able to develop some better speak up skills instead of just screaming and yelling and doing tit for tat as far as, well, you do this and you do that. I think that Aries needs to really put a silencer on that 
Like sometimes people buy those electronic collars, those bark collars for dogs. When they when the dog barks and it goes eh, with either a noise or a frequency jolt, I think that Aries needs to put on a bark collar right now. So I guess I'm picking <laughs> on Aries. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Well, that is amazing. Thank you, Mary, for taking the rundown through all the signs for everyone. And you know, this, this is a very mystical moon. Uh, Absolutely. And so this is a great time to get a little extra spiritual, a little extra mystical. And it's, it's really about your God connection, your connection to everything that is and allow yourself to really kind of explore beyond everything that you know in this reality to be true but also with the groundedness of Saturn to be able to manifest perhaps anything that is coming your way in a sense of wishes and dreams and uh, things that you definitely would love to manifest in the future. Mary, just one more you. song. Yes. Just one more song just came to mind when I'm thinking of everybody thinks about Van Morrison's well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance. But the one that came to mind, which actually I used as a lead in when the full moon was in Pisces and I was doing my radio show in Tampa called Cosmic Conditions. There's a song. It's an oldie, but a goodie. It's by the Little River Band. And it's called Cool Change. And the first verse starts out with the words, well, I was born in the sign of water. And it's there that I feel my best. The albatross and the whale, they are my brother. Time for a cool change. And if you play that, it's very melodic. It's very like almost a little bluegrassy, but it's so Pisces as, as well as Dreamweaver by Gary Wright and, and you know, these, these, these lunar songs, the Holy Harmony that we mentioned. So there's three musical selections, all of a different genre that I would suggest for you to kind of bring yourself into that mystical enchanting you know Pisces can be very enchanting if I had to pick a fairy tale for Pisces it's Cinderella you know Mm -hmm. she's a chimney sweep she's rejected she's not accepted by the stepsisters and the stepmother and so they're all dressed up and going to the ball and all that so she has an enchanting magical thing of a fairy godmother that pops up and the you know the coach the pumpkin turns into a coach and the rats turn into the coachman and she's able to go to the ball. And there's a, and then and the fairy godmother says, got to be home by, by the stroke of midnight. And she's beautiful. And she's got what? A glass slipper, the feet, Pisces, Pisces rules the feet. And so she leaves the slipper behind, but she has a unique foot. And so, as you know, the story of Cinderella, as he comes around as a princess, he's, it's such a soulmate connection. He can't forget her, although there's all kinds of available women for the prince to marry. And believe me, they're all trying to get to him. But he goes to the door and much to the astonishment of the stepsisters and the stepmom that only keep her doing Virgo menial cleaning chores all day long, the slipper fits on her foot. And as the story goes, though, instead of rejecting them, even though they were caustic and harsh with her because she'd lost her parents, she lets them come to the kingdom with her. So there's that forgiveness and that mercy that can happen with Pisces. So, yes. you know, she's not like a Scorpio. Like I would have said, yeah, here's your <laughs> come up. And she, I'm, going, I'm going with the prince because you guys were asshats. But instead, she does the Pisces thing of father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yes. So it's about, it's about, you know, uh, if you go into the Christ concept, Pisces is also the sign of Christianity, the fishes. Behold, I make you fishers of men. And he mm-hmm. fed the multitudes with the fishes and the bread. And when you think about, the fishes swimming 
in opposite directions. They don't tend to get their direction easily because they're like, let's go this way. No, let's go this way. And so they're in a spin zone with the two fishes. So I would encapsulate Pisces as go with your gut, go with your feeling, go with your IA, your inspirational, intuitive antenna. That's the answer. I love it. What a great way to close it out. And I Thank love you. too, like that Cinderella for sure is very Piscean energy. I, I, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh yes, totally. Uh, the feet. Yeah. 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 So, um, Mary, let everyone know, um, if they'd like to book a session with you, get their chart read, um, where can they find you? Uh, and how do they get hold of you? First off, thank you for the opportunity to share beautiful life space with you, Nicole, and your lovely, gracious, funny audience. If you want to get a, a more of a soul-based astrological interpretation or you want to have a six-month celestial weather forecast, you can go to my website. It's Mary Ducina, D is in divine, U, S is in spirit, I, N is in now, A. And if you go to the website, go to the upper right-hand corner and you'll see a gold box. Click that open and you'll see cosmic conditions. And that's all the free posts and blogs and forecasting that I do. So you really don't have to spend any money to get some insights. On Facebook, it's the Cosmic Conditions page. And if you want the more Oracle, Tarot, angelic message type of reading, I know that Nicole is very well-versed with various Oracle and Tarot decks. So she and I are not in competition to each other at all. I want you to get a reading with Nicole. I want you to experience her teachings and all of that. And Nicole knows that we're, we're symbiotic sisters, soul sisters. And so we don't compete with each other. So I don't want you to feel bad about any of that. I'm telling you, I want you to book a session with Nicole. And Nicole's okay if you get a session with me because we will work as a win-win always. And so always. that's what you can do. You can go over to the website, Mary Ducina with an S dot com. And I celebrate being able to work with you as and if it's meant to be in higher good. Oh, I love that. Thank you. And to You're my welcome. audience, of course, I will leave all those links in the description below so you can easily get in touch with Mary and find her. And don't forget, because we are just celebrating our full moon in Pisces, that means our next full moon is in Aries. And that is when I will be holding the Forbidden Journey Retreat in Breckenridge, Colorado. And so there are only a couple tickets left. I am almost completely sold out. If you Yay. would like to come, and I would love to have you there, uh, the link to uh, sign up to restore to actually secure your ticket is below here. And of course, if you have any questions about the retreat, don't hesitate to reach out to me, DM me on Instagram, leave a comment in the YouTube, email me, Nicole at NicoleFrog.com, whatever. Like I'm here to answer whatever questions um, you have. And to all of those of you who are signed up for the retreat, stay tuned because we're going to have a Zoom meetup so that all of you guys can meet up soon and get to know one another ahead of time. I feel like it's important to get all of that out of the way and also to get really excited about what's to come. All right, guys, I love you so much. Have an incredible full moon in Pisces. Don't forget to get around the water if you can. Do some ceremonial, mystical uh things around this full moon get in touch with your plant medicine frequency or dabble in the actual organics of them and i wish that many of your dreams do come true whether it's soon or in the near future when saturn comes back 
around late December, early January. I love you guys. Have an incredible night and I'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining me for another show on the Enlighten Up podcast. I love you guys so much for all of your continued support. So remember to raise your vibe, find your tribe and be open to the infinite possibilities held in the mysteries that surround us all. Thanks again for sharing the show with your family and friends. And if you're new to the show and you need to find out more information about me, please head on over to my website, NicoleFrolic.com, where you can join my newsletter. And please follow me on Instagram, Telegram, and YouTube. Keep your light bright and I'll see you next week.